So I do find it very interesting that one of the earliest images that the church had for Jesus, so this is the most popular image, because obviously we could look at Jesus and um, we could say there's a lot of images that, 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 that Jesus holds um, that we could cling to as a people, right? Um, but the number one was Good Shepherd. So Jesus was depicted most commonly in the early church as shepherd. Very interesting. Um, I think that's for a number of reasons. Um, he is the shepherd of reality. He's the shepherd of all the material world, the cosmos, etc. But I also think there's something about a shepherd that is very stable and there's a strength and a masculinity that's associated with shepherding that makes a lot of sense when we talk about who Jesus is. Shepherds were very tough, kind of edgy people in the ancient world. They were, of course, in the elements most of the time. Were, I mean, in, it, it, in the ancient Near East, where the image of shepherding comes, um, it, it gets cold. The elements are very difficult. It gets very hot. It gets colder than you would imagine it gets. And it is, it is difficult. It's scare, there's a scarcity of resources. There are predators, and there are also people looking to actually rob sheep. Sheep. Um, there are robbers of sheep. Jesus mentions this in his own image of himself as good shepherd. And so the image of the shepherd is a very strong, masculine image of stability. I think it's also a pretty good image of authentic fatherhood. Just as the shepherd provides food for the sheep who are really helpless, very helpless, and incapable of protecting themselves, knowing direction, knowing how to be fed or protected from the elements, so a good father, of course, we would say, provides and a good father protects. And we know what happens when we don't have fathers a part of the household. Um, it, it, it doesn't work, right? And that doesn't take away anything from anyone who has been brought up in a family where their dad was not around. But you're going to be hard-pressed to make an objective argument that growing up with a father is not going to, or, or growing up with a semi, uh, a father who is not a good shepherd, is not going to harm in a very deep way the development of the child. So I'm just gonna read some of these common statistics which probably a lot of us have already heard at this point about fatherlessness in the United States and what happens to children who don't grow up with a strong, stable father in their household? Such children are four times, have a four times greater risk of poverty. They're seven times more likely to become pregnant as teens. They are much more likely to have behavioral problems, to face abuse, neglect. They are far more likely to abuse drugs and alcohol. They are two times greater in having a risk of infant mortality. They're two times more likely to suffer becoming obese, two times more likely to drop out of high school. They're much more likely to commit a crime and go to prison. 
And so all those things happen just when you don't have the father around. So, of course, they call me, everyone calls me, Father John, right? So we call our priests Father. And that's for, that's for a reason. It's because what I do is very similar to what a biological does, but on a spiritual level. That is to say, to give life, to protect, and to provide on a spiritual level. And so nowadays we have a, we have a kind of almost like a, a reaction, right? A negative reaction to the idea of the patriarchy. Is this idea of like a male institution of leadership. And the idea that's often uh, criticized uh, to the church most is the idea of our structure, the hierarchical structure. Why can't I just go to Jesus directly? Why can't I go to Jesus directly? This, of course, um, goes along with this other movement that is very negative and that we should be very careful to look at in our society, which is a tearing down of authentic masculinity. And that's a part of fatherhood, of course, as well. And so all these things are just to see, to see the very worst part, so the, the opposite of what masculinity and fatherhood is meant to be, and see that as the whole of what it is. So that is to see the gaining of, for instance, with the patriarchy, the gaining of power as the utmost objective of, of this system. And with masculinity, it's to see, so when we, we, we talk about tearing down masculinity as men get kind of a bad rap in today's culture, strength, their strength, masculine strength, is not appreciated and seen in a positive light. The reason, or what we do now, is we see just the aggressiveness, just male aggression, which is not properly channeled masculinity. For all of the gifts that human beings have been given, there are both, of course, they can be used in very positive and virtuous ways, or they can be used in very vice-like ways. And so here we see what Jesus talks about. He gives this image. Um, Matthew here, who is both sheep and shepherd, one of the first 12 bishops in the church, gives us this image of how Jesus takes care of us. And this is an image of masculinity that is very beautiful. And this has implications both in the biological family and in the family of the church, in the structure of the church. And so just as we talk about biological fathers, we talk about priestly fathers as well and bishops. So we think of these images. As at the sight of the crowds, Jesus' heart was moved with pity for them because they were troubled and abandoned like sheep without a shepherd. And I think that the more literal Greek here is a little bit more powerful, and so I just want to, I want to read the Greek. Seeing the crowds, Jesus' insides, his, his bowels, were moved with pity for them. The, the deepest thing inside of Jesus is a very graphic image. This is the Greek, though. Seeing the crowds, his insides 
his internal organs is, is the connotation here, were moved with pity for them. So we think about how there is this connection between what we're experiencing in a mental or a spiritual point of view and a bodily point of view, right? This happens for us. When people lose a loved one or someone is in a really bad spot health-wise or something very stressful is going on, people often don't eat. They get agitated. Um, they don't sleep. There are physical manifestations of that which is going on that is not physical. And so here for Jesus... We get this image that he is moved with that great of a pity for the crowds. Now here as a priest, what I think of is I think of what we now call what is termed a mental health crisis, which I would term a spiritual crisis. Now I'm not saying everything is black and white, there's obviously nuance here and so on and so forth, but really what we're describing as a society, what we're going through with the with the absurd and very sad depression, anxiety, suicide rates, among young people especially, which again, does not have historical precedent where we're at now. Me as a father, a spiritual father, am saying, this is a problem of sheep without a shepherd. What happens when you have sheep without a shepherd? They get attacked, they get stolen, they are completely vulnerable to the elements. It does not work out well. And so, when a person says something, I don't need the church, I go to Jesus directly, I don't need the patriarchy or hierarchy of the Catholic Church, I say to myself, okay, but you're leaving yourself vulnerable. This is actually God's deep movement of compassion for us, his sheep, to give us the gift of the church, to live in the protection of God's own fatherhood as manifested through the priest, particularly in a spiritual realm, and of course in the family biologically through the father. A good shepherd is a shepherd who lays down his life for those he's been called to serve. This is Jesus. Jesus has to emphasize this over and over again. He does this at the Last Supper when he gets down on his knees like a dad, right? And he washes the feet of his 12 apostles, modeling for them what his shepherdhood looks like. This is like, this is... This is dad getting, not wanting to do what he's called to do. He's just wanting to relax when he gets home from work and rest because he's exhausted. And spending that extra time and effort oriented towards his children. The way that God gave us compassion, the protection of fatherhood, is very clear here. He sees the crowds, he has pity, he's moved for them, they're troubled, they're abandoned, they're like sheep without a shepherd. Then he's, he, he makes the call of the 12 apostles, immediately after, all in the same passage. Then he summoned his 12 apostles and gave them authority 
He gave them his own shepherding authority over unclean spirits, driving out, curing diseases, illnesses, etc., etc. This is what it's like to live within a state of grace in the church under the protection of good shepherds. It's, it's, it's to not leave ourselves vulnerable. It's to not leave ourselves vulnerable. Lord, we thank you for the gift of shepherds and fathers and the gift of authentic masculinity, which is always oriented towards the good of those that they've been entrusted with. We ask for strong fathers here in our parish at St. Mike's. Help us to have strength as fathers not to be passive, but to be active in our responsibilities, what you've given us. Help us shepherds of the church to constantly model your own shepherding, the shepherding of Jesus, the good shepherd, willing to lay down his life for those that he's been given. Help us to speak with clarity and courage as priests in the church in the United States for the protection of our people spiritually and to provide for the spiritual needs of those that you've given us, Lord. Bless our bishops as well. Help them to be good, holy shepherds. And our bishop, Bishop Hicks, as well. We ask all these things through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the Good Shepherd. Amen. And let us take a few moments in silent prayer to just listen to and speak with the Lord in our own hearts.